You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss Podcast. My name is Rachel Autry and I am the host around here and love having conversations with my friends, either new friends, old friends, or anybody in between. And today's conversation is with an old friend. We went to college together, have lots of mutual friends, and she's just legit. She's so much fun and she is doing some amazing work, specifically around loving your body which seems like a very big faux pas, hard to have kind of conversation, but Dylan does it so well, and I'm so excited to have her. So today we get to hang out with Dylan Murphy, who is going to share with us maybe some red flags and how do we know if we have a good relationship with our body and with food that we put inside our body, how do we change it if we need it, and lots of different misconceptions and maybe reasons why this is just so dang hard for us as women and all of the bodily changes that we go through. So if you are someone who frequently does as a body check, looks at yourself in the mirror, catches yourself having a hard thought. Maybe you dabble in and out of diets or you are off your New Year's resolution game, aren't in the gym as often as you want or whatever just puts weight on top of you. I'm not talking about actual weight on a scale. I'm talking about the emotional pressures that you're putting on yourself. Then today's episode is made with you in mind. Hey, Dylan, I'm so glad to have you back. Hello. This is always so fun to have yes. real life friends. I know it's show. so yeah. fun. And I feel like I was thinking this before we like recorded. I feel like one of the first or I wasn't I don't think I was one of like the first episodes, but I feel like I was an early behind the bliss episode. Oh no, yeah, you were an original. Yeah. And yeah. so it's cool. Like I'm trying to remember how we record. I don't know. I'm like I don't even know if we were like face or we're not face to face, but you know what I mean? Zoom face to face. I'm like I don't remember how we I recorded. I don't think we were. No, I don't think I can either. tell you where I was. Yeah. I was sitting on the floor of our old home. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like, I just yes. remember that. Oh, yes. Same. Um, I was at the kitchen table of our old home. <laughs> yeah. Probably didn't have and like a mic or anything. Are. I'm like, what's that Beyonce song? It's like, I'm going to let me upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm like, we had a little bit of an upgrade yes. the past few years. Praise God. Yes. Okay. Wait, tell people where you are, what you're doing, and like yes. about this yes. <laughs> difference from maybe Dylan 1.0. They totally. May or may not have heard. So we're going to uh-huh. link that episode in our show notes just if they want yeah. like a good deep dive mm-hmm. or like foundation today's mm-hmm. conversation. But today's convo is great too if you're just popping yeah. in and you haven't heard it. Um anyways, tell us what you do all about Dylan. Yes. Uh well yes, I am Dylan Murphy. I live in Nashville, Tennessee with my husband and my gosh, like 14 month old son Calder. Wild. Which yeah, I'm like, how is he 14 months? It's time flies. Um and our dog Remy, who's basically another child. Wait, y'all's dog's name is Remy too, right? Our dog is really Yeah, okay. As I said that, I was like, wait, I think that's your dog's name too. An epic name. Yes. Oh, it's the best. Um, and I own a group nutrition practice called Free Method Nutrition. We serve people in person here in Nashville and then also virtually nationwide. And what we specialize in is really helping people, men and women, get to a place of feeling just 
freedom in their body, freedom with food, helping them walk away from diets and build healthier habits um, that really don't have anything to do with you know, counting calories or obsessing over their weight, but developing healthy habits um, and just getting to a place of feeling, yeah, confident in their body. Um, And then we also do a lot of work with people who have actually like diagnosed eating disorders. So that's kind of a little bit about us and what we do. Yeah. I've been in that business since 2018, which is probably somewhere around when I was on y'all's podcast last, which I'm like, it'd be so funny to listen back. But yeah, that's me. (laughs) I also have a podcast. I love it. <laughs> that's right. I was about to say, plug it, girl. Yes. yes. Free method podcast. Um, Kept it easy. That's right. <laughs> and we have we have the same producer mm-hmm. out of Nashville. Hey, yeah. Philip. Hey, yes. Kate. I know they're probably listening like, okay, wait, which podcast is <laughs> to this <edit>. for? <laughs> yeah. I love this conversation because what's so fun, I have so many, well, I had before like becoming your friend and kind mm-hmm. of seeing you do what you do best, but I have so many misconceptions as far as just like not not like the food diet culture area, but when my friends were like, oh, like I'm a nutritionist in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, like that's cool. You're telling people what to put on their plate, mm-hmm. but it's so much more yeah. than what goes on your plate and how much on your plate and what colors mm-hmm. like it. It is like, yeah, it's science, but it's also such like a an emotional thing. Yeah. Too. It's like there, sometimes I call it like nutrition therapy. Like oftentimes I'll yeah. say like in our Christmas card, I put like Dylan's nutrition therapy practice um, because it's, that's so much more of what it like encompasses. Like if you came to my office in person, it looks like a therapist's office. Like I have a couch, I have a chair I sit in. It's very like calm, relaxing because it's so much more than just what you eat, what you don't eat. Um, There's a lot that goes into the beliefs we have about our body, the beliefs we have about food, um, just our life experiences and how that impacts how we show up in our body. Um, And then also, especially as women, as we go through these different like stages of life where maybe we are pregnant and we birth children and then we're postpartum and, um, you know, then in the future, like go through menopause, like there's so many things we experience as women that cause our body to or change. even like the post high school weight gain that yes, like is totally. inevitable yes going <laughs> yeah, we were all like what happened to me yes yeah totally um yeah and I think we live in a culture that tells us like we need to stay the same like what size I wore and how my body looked when I was 16 is how it should look now how it should look when I'm 40 when I'm 60 and that's just not realistic um but there's so much pressure we have as women to fit in that mold and then there's all of this like noise Keep and the diets. Genes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot. It's a lot. It's like it's a lot of head clutter. And it's a lot too because, of course, like around here, we love talking about like how do you become a better version of you? Not to prove anything and like not because you have to, but because we're kind of called to. And life's more fun. Yes. And so what does it look like to identify like, oh, wait, I might actually have an unhealthy relationship with this idea of my of food or my body or whatnot. What are some of like the pings or like even like red flags you've seen where if someone's listening, they can say, let's say someone's listening and they're just not quite sure. They're like, I need yeah. you to tell me if I have a good relationship or not with food mm-hmm. or my body. What are some like good red flags or thoughts that you've seen 
Yes. Over and over in your conversations and mm. coaching. That is a good question. And I'm working on a resource exactly for this. And so I'll have to send this to you because people can download it. But it's basically like a questionnaire that's going to say like, do I need a dietitian? And there's all these different questions. Because like we talked about a minute ago, I feel like there's a lot of misconception of like, oh, okay, well, I know like I need to eat some veggies and like whatever. Like I don't really need a dietitian. But oftentimes living in this culture makes us need to work with a dietitian and probably a therapist yeah. too. Yeah. So yeah, some common red flags we see. Um, if there's, if you find you're like cutting out certain foods without any specific reason, for example, like if you're not allergic to a food, if you don't have an intolerance to a food, or if you just genuinely dislike a food, that's like a different story. But if you find like okay, I'm like not letting myself eat carbs or I can only have this food on the weekends. Like if there's any sort of kind of like rules around food. Restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think that's something that is like kind of like glamorized in our culture to be like, oh yeah, like I'm just not eating carbs right now. Or like I only have dessert. I'm gluten free. Yes. Gluten free. (laughs) Like I'm keto. Like all these things kind of feel like trendy, but it also can so greatly impact your relationship with food, your relationship with your body. Which is so funny because I'm like, since, since when did gluten-free become sexy? I know. Because pasta is sexy. Yes. Like, excuse yes. me. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then it's like getting into the science side of it or thinking of it like, it makes no, like, I think people assume like, oh, gluten-free, gluten-free is like healthier. But then it's like, no, mm-hmm. it's actually not that big of a difference. Like, sure, if you have celiac disease or your body can't tolerate gluten, it's going to be healthier for you to not eat gluten. But if you don't have celiac disease, your body has all of the enzymes and all the things it needs to digest that gluten just fine. Yeah. But yeah, so that's a big one. Um, Also, if you find like something I see a lot with clients is if you find you're either like super anxious to, let's say like go to happy hour with friends, go out to dinner with friends, or maybe you feel the need to like, okay, well, I need to save up because we're going out to dinner tonight. Mm. So I'm going to like skip breakfast or I'm going to like, oh, I need to eat super clean at lunch. Like if you feel like you have to like do things to kind of like prepare, or if you find yourself like saying no to plans that involve food, or maybe figuring out a way to like eat before or order the healthiest thing on the menu. Like if any sort of like food settings bring up a lot of just kind of like anxiety and stress and overwhelm, um, that's a big sign that like your relationship with food might not be a hundred percent. Um, also if you just feel a lot of, even if it's not a lot, but if you feel like distress when it comes to your body, if you find yourself like looking in the mirror all the time, um, we refer to that as like body checking. So if you're like constantly looking in the mirror, constantly like feeling at your hips, um, constantly, maybe you have a certain pair of jeans that you like try on all the time to see like, well, maybe they fit me this week. That's a big sign. Gosh, I feel like I could go on for hours because there's so many things too that I think, especially when I like talk to people about it, like I feel like there's a lot of things that maybe we don't even realize we do because they become so like ingrained and just subconscious. But then when someone's like, Hey, this actually like isn't normal or like it, it could be so much more free than this. Then it makes people realize like, Whoa, like I do do that. And I don't want to do that. Right. Which is the power of having somebody in your life that Mm -hmm. you trust to speak into Whether it's a person you're paying to sit on their couch, go for it. Or you have an incredible friend, like give them the freedom 
to point out those things you say or do because there's things like even between Thomas and I that he'll say and I'm like oh okay Mm -hmm. I just need you to know you're saying this a lot yeah and I don't think it's true Mm -hmm. you know or he says the same for me um yeah so important I think and we I feel like this is something you talk about really well but our world has also shaped the way that we are quote unquote Mm -hmm. supposed to think Mm -hmm. about food, whether Mm -hmm. it's like labels on boxes I've noticed Mm -hmm. since following you um, that are like no guilt. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I wasn't going to have guilt, but now should I have guilt? Like uh, really, you know, or like, like we're talking about like gluten-free or Mm -hmm. dairy-free or whatnot, Mm -hmm. um, carb-free, calorie-free, sugar-free, like being the, like the sexy, yes. trendy option mm-hmm. and more expensive. Ugh. Exactly. It's, just like, <laughs> it's like, that's, that's it's what like they're you all start about realizing, <laughs> Yes, you start realizing, actually, they're not, they don't care about mm-hmm. me. Like, I think they would want us to believe or our mm-hmm. health mm-hmm. or our future or our bodies. And the only person that can take that responsibility is myself. Totally. So I want to, I want to also dive into this culture or to the diet culture conversation mm-hmm. because- um, I'm just going to go out on a whim and say <laughs> they're not for us like people yeah. think they're for us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you may think they are because it's like, oh, wow, this diet seems so perfect. Like I, it's not that restricted. Like I feel like especially nowadays, there's a lot of diets or just this like entity of diet culture that is now kind of catching on to this trend of like intuitive eating and food freedom and like people want to feel confident in their bodies. And so they're starting to like steal some or not steal, but use some of that language in their own marketing too, which makes it confusing of like, who am I supposed to trust? What is, what's Mm -hmm. true? What's not true? Um, And even like, if you're listening and you're like, what does that culture even mean? Like, what is that? Cause I think that's also something that's easy to kind of like throw around. Um, Good call. Diet culture is a 72 billion with a B dollar industry. So they make a lot of money and they basically profit off our insecurities. They're throwing these things out that are like, try this diet, try this cleanse, go to this workout class, do this, do that. And they're making all this money. And you may find too, if you're listening, you may be able to think of a diet that you've tried in the past that worked for a short time, but then it didn't work. And so then it kind of like keeps, it's like on, you're like on this hamster wheel of like, okay, sure, the keto diet works for me until I want to go on vacation and like actually enjoy like chips and salsa because I'm in Mexico or, you know, I'm going home for Christmas and I want to make Christmas cookies. And like, so these diets work until they don't because they, you know, you reach this point of like, do I want to sacrifice my social life and my mental health and all these other factors? Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it can be very deceiving though, because there's this like ideal body that I think we're all, or that like the media displays is like, okay, if you reach this, you will be like so happy, feel perfect. Your life will be perfect. And it's like everything else in life. Like it's so just like anti the gospel. It's it's like the grasp of air. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you go to reach for it and it's Mm. not even actually there. It's just a vapor. Totally. And like, I mean, I've had so many clients sit in my office and say like, okay, I did reach that like quote unquote ideal weight, ideal body that I was chasing. And then when I reached it, it still wasn't enough. Then I needed to be five Mm -hmm. pounds less Mm -hmm. Then I needed to eat 
X amount less calories. I need to like it. It's never enough. You think it will be. I mean, the same thing is with like money. You want to make a certain amount of money. And then once you make that money, you want more, you get the house and then you want something else. Like it's like so many other things in life. And so I think, yes, what it takes is kind of getting to a point of like, okay, my body may or may not look like what the ideal quote unquote body is in our society. But what would it look like to just like throw up my hands and be like, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to participate in that conversation. Like I can still take care of my body and nourish it well. And also work to like gain confidence in it, no matter what it looks like. And that's hard, especially for people whose bodies maybe look so different than what the like quote unquote ideal body may be may look like but it's and so we're not worth- just talking like size and shape totally. we're talking disability yes. um even internally what's happening inside mm-hmm. of you that you might not be able to see yeah like our bodies are just like beautifully complicated mm-hmm. yeah you know totally yeah. totally and i think i mean i think this side of heaven like we're always gonna be kind of at war with our body in a sense and i remember a friend talking to me we were having conversation kind of about all this sort of stuff, body image stuff. And she was like, you know, I feel like our body, you know, Jesus says like our body's going to be made new when we're in heaven. And so it's like, we probably to actually reach the state of like, I am just obsessed with my body. It's amazing. Like that might not be possible this side of eternity. And that's okay. Like a lot of the work, especially in these past years, when I kind of like had that um, revelation is like, how can we even just reach this place of like feeling neutral in our bodies of like, Hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to take care of it. And like, there may be days where I put on an outfit and I feel really confident. And then there may be days where I'm just like, "Hmm." like, I don't love the way I look. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's just today's a day. Um, And I think for me, like postpartum really brought that to the front of my mind too, because I mean, anyone listening, if you've been through like the postpartum, especially those like first 12 weeks, there are a lot of days, at least for me, where I was like, whoa, my body feels very different. Like, cause something about for me, organs literally are shifting. I can feel it happening. It's like, what's going on? I'm wearing a diaper. I don't feel cute. Um, and I think that was a moment that clicked for me too, of like, okay, what does it look like to just like feel neutral in my body? And what that means too, is like, when we're feeling like super negative in our body, it's very easy to then let that lead to some sort of like behaviors of like, okay, I feel negative. What can I do to fix it? I need to go to the gym more. I need to eat less. I need to do these certain things. Mm -hmm. Whereas like feeling neutral, it's like, what would it look like to just kind of like sit with this like uncomfy feeling that like, okay, I don't really love how my body looks today, but that's okay. Like I don't have to do something about it. Like what if I just kind of, sat in this, which obviously isn't fun. I know my personality mm-hmm. is like, how can I fix this? Like, what can I do no matter what the the thing may be? Um, but yeah, sitting in that like kind of uncomfiness can also bring a lot of growth. And freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is truly a rewiring of your brain mm-hmm. It is because I think a lot of it too, we are on the back half of a culture that was like Jenny Craig, like totally that was obviously i'm trying to think of like the things my mom did. oh my gosh and like i love you weight teresa watchers. if she's yeah. listening like weight watchers all that like mm-hmm. I, I mean the oprah winfrey diet all that yes. i don't think that 
Like she didn't intentionally do it. And honestly, I think that a lot of our moms, if this was how you're raised, did it because I believe that was what was Mm -hmm. best to put on example was this is how you take care of your body. Everyone's just doing the best they can. So there's tons of grace in this conversation. Absolutely. But the wiring that happened in our brains, even as girls, to -hmm. believe that this is what it takes to maintain or to manage or to love Mm -hmm. our body um, is something that a lot of us have to unwire. So also mm-hmm. please hear us say, if you're listening, this is not going to be a, you wake up overnight and yeah. it's all fixed and you feel better and you listen to yes. this podcast and check, like we're good. Totally. This is a everyday battle, pick up your cross kind of thing mm-hmm. we, as anything else is that we've talked about. Yeah. Um, but, um, I also think this conversation, this episode is strategically placed in our calendar because we love our listeners. Um, And this came like right after holidays, right after New Year's resolutions. Um, And not just with food. Like, I I hope you all enjoyed the cookies and the ham Mm -hmm. and the casseroles. Mm -hmm. But it also probably came after a lot of um, like hard conversations because people are insensitive about what they say mm-hmm. or we are insensitive about what we say. Mm-hmm. It's not always other people. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is what you believe is going to come out of your mouth mm-hmm. and what comes out of your mouth might actually be harmful for someone else. It's trying to find freedom in that area. Yeah. So this, this whole thing like isn't just for you. Like it's for the people in your life that you are trying to overflow mm. and like love on. Totally. So like, yeah, what's the cost? So say mm. someone hasn't found freedom in their body and is talking a certain way, mm-hmm. like how can that spiral? I mean, I hate to like hone in on the negative, but I just <laughs> want to like make the point yeah, that yeah. it's not just about us. It's about like the health of the community and the culture that hopefully we're cultivating. Totally. And yes. It and matters. I've been thinking about that a lot too. I think having a child and not that Calder's like old enough to really understand things, but it's like, okay, the things that I say and that other people say to him will like yeah. soak into him. Like he's like a little sponge totally. and, and people, yeah, like random comments that we make that maybe we don't think are like that big of a deal to people may actually be really triggering, may like trigger something in their mind. And I think there's the balance of like, okay, we aren't responsible for like just completely controlling other people's like emotions and how they feel and that sort of thing. But I think it's like holding that like both and of like, okay, how can I not just completely cater to other people's emotions, but be mindful of how I speak about my body, how I speak about food, how I speak about other bodies. And oftentimes Mm -hmm. what we see is these things that we're saying about, other people's bodies, about food, about our own bodies are oftentimes coming from insecurities that we have insecurity in yeah. our body yeah. about food, fill in the blank. And I think what can so often happen, you may, you mentioned the thing about like our, our moms. I think what is so common is like, I think all of this talk around like weight loss and diets and body image and all these like negative things have, it's been this like generational thing. So it's like, our moms, but then our mom's moms and probably their mom's moms. And, and so I think it can be empowering for us in the generation we're in of like, what would it look like to stop this generational cycle? Because yeah, like you Mm -hmm. said, it's like my mom, your mom, everyone's mom, parents, whoever, caregivers, like they weren't, it's not like they were intentionally like, Ooh, okay. If I comment on my body, if I make these comments about food, it's going to just wreck my daughter's view of her body. Like hopefully there's not parents out there with that mindset. 
Um, (laughs) but it, it very easily can. And so now it's like, what would it look like to really like create, cultivate these children and, and friends and people that actually feel more confident in their bodies that actually don't have these negative associations with food. Um, because a lot of what we see is, yeah, someone's like, Oh, I always saw my mom dieting or my mom was always complaining about her body. And then my mom birthed me. And so if I see her talking negatively about her own body, something must be wrong with my body too. If something's wrong with hers and we come from the Mm -hmm. same Mm -hmm. genetic pool. Um, so yeah, I think like, for example, I never, and this isn't like a mom thing, but I think the first time I ever thought weird about my body was on swim team. And I heard these older girls talking about how their thighs touched when they walked in their swimsuits. Mm -hmm. And I had never considered my thighs touching before, Mm -hmm. but like this little nine, 10 year old me, I was like, Oh my, hold on. I got to stand up and start walking and see if my Mm -hmm. thighs touch. And they did. And I was like, Oh no. Oh no, what do I do to not make my thighs touch? It was such a big deal for me. Um, But I didn't know it should matter, although it shouldn't, until I heard someone else mention that it should matter. Yes. And so it's, that's why it's so important to just be aware and mindful because we could be planting some harmful seeds. Yes. Without intentionally, of course, like you're not doing it because you want to. Yeah. And what's so interesting is like if you think about that moment and hearing overhearing those girls say the thing about their thighs touching like most nine-year-olds don't just like know that type of like language to be like oh my god like or kind of like you said to most Mm nine-year-olds wouldn't even know like my thighs touch equals bad my thighs shouldn't touch oftentimes they've heard that from their parents or from someone else or on a tv show or Or tv yeah and like and now nowadays on tiktok on instagram and so i think that's where also being really mindful of where we're consuming information what we're like actually believing to be true taking as fact versus kind of like approaching cautiously because it's really easy to watch certain things on tiktok watch what i eat in a day videos or overhear conversations and just take certain things as fact of like, oh, my thighs should not Mm -hmm. touch. That is bad. All these people are saying that. But then it's like, wait, what? What? Is that bad? Why would that be bad? Like, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so easy, especially in like just with peer pressure and stuff too. Um, Yeah. And I think that's also a perfect example of a scenario that it's kind of just like seems like a normal conversation that you wouldn't even like think twice of it. Or like another thing that comes to mind is like being in a wedding and like a group of bridesmaids, like you're probably going to hear someone be like, oh my gosh, this dress looks horrible on me. Or like, oh, I should have lost some more weight before. Like it just is going to bring up like body chatter, diet chatter. um, And it it can easily feel like normal in those situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good point. So Let's pivot yeah. because I, I like this is all so good because I think hopefully people now are identifying, oh, snap, like <laughs> I'm contributing in a way that I don't either to myself or conversations around me or hopefully people are kind of a little bit more on fire or even just aware. Totally. Even just aware of like what they're taking in and what they're agreeing with. Mm-hmm. So once people are aware, let's say they've taken that step to identify and be like, oh, that is not mm-hmm. who I want to be. What are some good practices, some stop pauses, like disciplines? Mm-hmm. I hate using that word because it's just like, ugh, yeah. but it's good. Totally. Like what are some things we can actually be more intentional about to hopefully do the rewiring we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Because I do, I think awareness is the first step. Like it's hard to make changes if we're not aware of what we're doing. Um, it's hard to not talk negatively about our body if we don't realize we're talking negatively about our body. And kind of like what we said a little bit earlier, I think you mentioned this of like, this isn't like an overnight fix type thing. So yes, even like yes. these certain tips that I share, it doesn't mean like, okay, I'm going to go do this tip. And all of a sudden, like I feel great in my body. All of a sudden I have a great relationship with food. Sometimes it may take getting more support, whether it's with a dietitian or therapist or talking more about it with your friends or your spouse or whoever it may be. Um, but some things that can be helpful in just like starting or just helping to continue your own journey is one, I think, like I mentioned a minute ago, being really mindful of the content you consume, whether that is TikTok, Instagram, podcasts, TV shows, books, you know, the list goes on. And it's not to say that, you know, if you watch a what I eat in the day video that you're doomed when it comes to your relationship with food. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's just seeing like, okay, am I at a place in my own personal journey where if I see someone's what I eat in a day video or a them post like their workout routine or whatever it may be that I can view it kind of just like neutrally of like, cool, looks like good food, but also I would eat way more than that in a day. So like, I'm going to take it and leave it. Or is it something that's- Or where is your cereal? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) And like, why aren't you eating till 12? I would be starving. So yeah, kind of assessing your own like story and your own struggle to see hey, what do I need to just be mindful of when it comes to what I'm consuming? I think another thing is really paying attention to the thoughts you have, the way that you speak to yourself, because I think that can be so huge. One thing we say a lot to our clients is the way we speak to ourselves matters because it's so easy to say all these negative things in our mind. And then we want to take action based off it, having all these negative thoughts about our body, about what we ate, all that sort of stuff. And so really being mindful of like, how am I, how am I speaking to myself? What am I saying? And mm-hmm. a strategy we use with a lot of our clients is called thought stopping where, so if you have this thought come to mind, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to wear this size jeans. Like, let's say you had, you sized up in a pair of jeans and it just feels like the end of the world. In that situation, it can feel really hard and sometimes like disingenuine to reframe it to something positive of like, my body is amazing. It's powerful. Like sometimes that can feel just kind of inauthentic. And so what can be a great kind of middle ground is this idea of thought stopping where it's like, okay, instead of, cause there's kind of like two options before thought stopping. It's either this thought completely spirals to, oh my gosh, how am I wearing this size jean? What's my husband going to think? Oh my gosh, I need to skip lunch. I need to go on a diet. And you just like spiral down this whole rabbit mm-hmm. hole. Mm-hmm. Um, or you try and kind of what probably would feel like fake it till you make it of like, oh, I love my body. It's so strong. And like that again, probably feels inauthentic. And so this middle ground is what's called thought stopping, where it's like, what is a way I can prevent that spiral from going further, but I don't have to put this like positive spin on it. So maybe right. it's I just be honest. Exactly. Right. And like, maybe it's as simple as like, hey, I'm not going to talk to myself like that. Like, it's just some sort of like quick phrase, almost as if like someone outside of you, like a friend or kind of like, I think what you said about Thomas, like, or Thomas may say to you of like, Hey, don't talk to yourself like that. Like just something that's like Mm -hmm. quick, like it doesn't have to be this like positive spin. Um, or like, Hey, we're not, 
we're not talking like that anymore. That thought doesn't serve me. Like having something that you can kind of like pull out of your back pocket that can prevent that spiral from going further. Because what we see time and time again is when we let that spiral go further, that's where it's super easy for some of these behaviors to come in, whether it's skipping meals, starting a new diet, over-exercising, whatever it may be. Um, But going back to like the awareness piece, it's like, okay, I need to be aware that I'm actually having that thought in the first place to even be able to stop the spiral and and practice that thought stopping. Um, But yeah, that's a strategy we use a lot with clients to really kind of bring awareness to the thoughts and see like what's something I can do to stop that from going further. Yes. It's so funny. It's like if you mention red minivan, it's like we're going to go see 12 red minivans Mm -hmm. today we would not have seen before. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like thought stopping is realizing like like how often, like just being humbled to be like, wow, Mm -hmm. I start to think this a lot more often than I think Mm. or than I knew. Totally. And so it's like taking captive every thought, which is what we're told that we should be doing. And and something I heard so cheesy, but it's so good. But I think like, I'll just be honest. One of the, one of the moments that it's hardest for me to love my body, or I notice I start thinking weird things about my body is when I look at a picture mm-hmm. that was just taken and I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. That is, you know, is my smile really crooked? Yeah. Like, are my arms that big or whatever? Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. Someone once told me and it, it's so cheesy. So just like, hang <laughs> here with me. But like we were taking pictures of the sky and like trying to get this good old sunset and you can't get a picture. You're like, oh, this picture doesn't do it justice. You know, like that's no way. And she was like, yeah. And you need to remember that next time you see a picture of yourself too. Like pictures don't do it justice. And I'm like, oh, you're so right. Like we are God's creation Mm -hmm. and we are actually creme de la creme. Yeah. And even as women, like we were the last thing he was like. God said, oh, this, this world's missing something still, yeah. you know? And so he added us and he was like, yeah. oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. And when we reframe the way we think about it, and like you said, you almost have to remove your mind from your body and like become your own advocate mm-hmm. and be like, I'm sorry, no, my body is bad A double S that she like does X, Y, Z. And that this happened, this thing happens to me once a month and I can like still operate. And like, it's fighting things I don't even see Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Like when you take that approach, it's so much easier to have the compassion and the grace totally for whatever stage of life you're in. Anyway, so those are like my helpful tips. And honestly, I've seen some of that from you too, Mm -hmm. like following you. So Uh. yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, pictures. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you said that about pictures though, because it's so easy to look at pictures. And I mean, if you think about it, you take a picture with a group of friends, you're not looking at the picture to see like, oh, look how cute we all look. Like that was so fun. You're going to the picture because you're like, everyone's something zooming wrong. Themselves. Yes, yeah. totally. <laughs> and it's like, okay, what if I looked at a picture just to see like the experience, the memory, like whatever we're, we're trying to capture. And exactly like you said, it's like, also it's not going to fully capture this moment because it's a picture. Um, but it's yeah, easy to critique our body. It is. Um, something else I just want you to touch on real briefly that I think is important to this conversation. Cause I don't want people hearing this conversation and thinking what we're telling you to do Mm -hmm. is if you feel like going and getting Zaxby's every night, you should go for it. (laughs) Yeah. Cause like there is this beautiful balance of loving your body is 
managing it because you care about its longevity, because you care about the way it operates so that you can overflow or show up mm-hmm. in the things that you want to show up yes. in healthily, not fatigued at yes. your hundred percent, but it's also not obsessing about mm-hmm. what it's going to take to get you there. And that is a really weird mm-hmm. middle ground. Totally. And so will you just speak about that for a second? Yes. Cause I think when people feel, when people hear food freedom mm-hmm. or when people hear like, I'm going to love my body yes. or whatever, they think I'm just going to do what I want when I want, however mm-hmm. I want. And that's That's also not body love. Exactly. Yes. I am so glad you asked that question because that is, yeah, a common thing I hear, a very common misconception about really what it looks like to take care of your body and, you know, eat intuitively is, yes, we're moving away from these extremes of do this, don't do that. Um, But we also aren't going to the other extreme of, I'm just going to eat French fries every day because what we want to do is really the the whole goal is like, how can I be more attuned to my body, to the thoughts that I'm having, to the way that my body feels. And one of those factors is hunger and fullness, for example. Okay. Am I aware of when I feel hungry and when I feel full? And if I am, if I'm tuned into that, I'm not going to go eat you know, a double che- three double cheeseburgers and French fries and call it dinner because I'm going to feel really full and probably really sick after that. Now, does it mean I can't have a cheeseburger? No, but it's like, you're going to pay attention to what makes my body feel good. What makes me feel overly full? What makes me feel nourished? Um, and having the freedom to choose. I think what's also powerful is like when we give ourselves unconditional permission to eat, which is one of the principles in intuitive eating, you then find food loses its like appeal. And not to say that then food becomes boring. Yes. It's just like normal. So it's like you could have, you could bake chocolate chip cookies today, have them on the counter, enjoy one fresh off the oven because it tastes and smells so good. And then they can sit on your counter all week. Maybe you go a day that you don't have them. Maybe one day you have two and then maybe a few days passes and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot these were even here. And that's the goal is like really getting to a place where food is just food. It's not this like alluring, like sexy thing that like are li- the way things are labeled makes it seem, or it's not this indulgent, guilt-free, whatever. Um, it's just food. And we're tuned into how it makes our body feel. Um, and, and another piece going back to intuitive eating is gentle nutrition, which I think is a piece that a lot of people don't realize exist when they're talking about like food freedom, intuitive eating. Um, but gentle nutrition is like, nutrition in a nutshell. It's like, okay, my body needs fruits and vegetables. My body needs protein. It needs healthy fats. It needs all these things to support all of the amazing things it does all day, every day. And I also don't need to be so meticulous and obsessed with the exact number, exactly how my plate looks. I can prioritize making healthy food decisions without it being this like all-consuming obsessive thing. Because also Mm -hmm. if I make it this all-consuming obsessive thing, then I'm going to be super stressed. My mental health is probably going to suffer. So I'm actually not as healthy as I think I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's like something's going to give. Um, Yeah. I'm really glad you asked that because that is, I think, a very common misconception or something that maybe holds people back too. It's like, okay, I'm get the diets don't work, but I want to make sure I'm healthy or I want to set a good example for my kids or I want to live a full long life. And it's like, okay, you can do both. Like you don't have to diet and you can still take care of your body. That's right. 
That's so good. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It really goes back to like the motivation, your heart behind it and like totally. just being honest with yourself and being like, am I obsessing over this because yeah. I saw a picture and I'm trying to figure out in Google, how do I get my arms thinner? Yeah. Or am I doing this because Maddox is watching the way I talk and the way I eat and I, like yeah. the decisions I make and that matters to me. Like I want to be that good example. So again, like it is the motivation behind it totally. that I think is a good check in yes with anything yes an easy way to just be like am i am i on it am i off yes the motivation <laughs> um, is oh, key so good um and just so everybody knows <laughs> this conversation you have just frequently on mm-hmm. instagram you have amazing resources yeah. free and things people can pay for if they want mm-hmm. more of and so will you just shameless plug yourself like where can people find you and yes. your team and all the fun things uh, um yes so uh, several places you can find free method nutrition is the name of my business so on instagram you can find us there website you can find us there um podcast is free method podcast where we have a lot of conversations similar to this um we also talk about motherhood and body image more in depth and just kind of this conversation and we dive like a million layers deeper in, in different episodes um that's right and then yeah we we work with clients both in one-on-one in group settings we see people like i said at the beginning nationwide so no matter where you are thanks to zoom we can support you um, we have a group coaching program that is probably one of my favorite things that we do because what it does is help bring um, women into a Zoom room together to just hear someone be like, oh my gosh, me too. Because we see uh-huh. that the group aspect was brought on after, like during COVID, where I was like, gosh, I'm hearing so many women say the same thing and they're desperate for community. What if we put all these people in a group together and then it would be magical. Um, so yeah, so we have that. I, (laughs) I, um, also post a lot on Instagram, dylanmurphy.rd. Um, and then we have a free resource called better body image that really just starts a little dive into how can you work to improve your body image, um, make moves away from diet culture. And that's a great kind of like no money type thing to just like dip your toes into all of this to see like, Hey, do I need mm-hmm. like a deeper level of support with this? Or do I need just to kind of consume some free content? And that helps. Yeah. So yeah. And thank you for having me on and just like the conversations that you cultivate on the show. I feel like you're just making, I don't feel, I know you're making such an impact. Dylan. <laughs> oh, you know, I so love, kind. love behind the blast. <laughs> She sure does. Oh my gosh. She's our A1 since day one. Okay. Tell us this. I mean, you know, the question's coming. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you prepared for it. No, I didn't. But I'm glad because then I'll be off the cuff. (laughs) Off the cuff. Okay. What is something you're loving these days that you have to share with our friends listening? Oh my gosh. I wish I would have thought because I'm like, there's probably, I'm sure as soon as we like log off, I'm be like, I wish I would have said that. <laughs> Text me. I know, I'd be we'll like, where it. can we add it? Here's something she loves. Uh, okay. Something I am loving. Um, gosh. Well, one thing that just comes to mind because right now when we're recording, it's Christmas season. And so I'm just loving yeah. like having my home feel like Christmassy and homey, um, with like garland and the Christmas tree and lights and candles. I was talking with a friend the other day. I was like, how can we like make our homes feel like this all year round? (laughs) Like, cause it just, there's something about this season that just feels like so cozy. And it like, I think that 
goes into another element of that that I'm loving is like having friends over, whether it's just like to hang out or for like dinner or drinks or coffee or whatever. But I feel like something about my home feeling like more cozy and inviting makes me want to be like, wait, let's have people over. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I'm just loving this like holiday season. Amen. Me too. Oh, yes. that's the best. Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> I might kick myself later, but I'm really excited about like baby snugs on the couch yes. with like the Christmas tree. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. I do feel like it's a good, I mean, I always say things like this, like you can like intentionally plan to a T when you have a baby because it's obviously way more complex than that. But oh, I do oh, feel oh, like this yeah, is like no. a good time to have a baby because it's like the holidays and it's like cold and like gross outside. So you might as well just be inside with a little sleepy baby. That's right. That's right. Might as well. And I'm going to be just wear, wearing diapers, yes. chunky sweaters. Yes. And like oh, <laughs> no one's expecting anything of me. Yes. I'm like, y'all can bring me Christmas cookies. Okay. Totally. Thank yes. You. I will be right here <laughs> yeah. waiting for them. I'll be right here. Yeah, and y'all are welcome over too. Yes. Of course, like come hang out with <laughs> yes. me. But she's not leaving. Yes, she's on the couch. Um, oh, she's on the couch. I love it. Well, Dylan, this is so fun. Again, like just grateful for you, mm-hmm. and I don't know what else to call it. I, like wisdom, sure, but it's also like enlightening and inspiring. I feel like wisdom sometimes can feel heavy, and this isn't. It's it's like freeing. It gives us margin. It gives us the room to feel and to be like who we were actually created to be. And I'm just grateful for the work you're doing and the tough love and the easy and the compassionate love and everything in between it takes to have these kind of conversations, especially with women, mm. because dang, we're yeah. fragile. Yes, totally. <laughs> um, but you do it really well. And I just know, and I pray this conversation helps bring some people to some freedom. Yeah, I know man. it will. Yeah. Uh, thanks for saying all that. One thing too, I meant to mention, if there's anyone who is listening, that's like, oh, I do. I want to learn more. We do offer a free 20 minute call just to like chat, hear yeah. more about your story, tell you more about what we, our options. Um, so that's a great, like zero commitment kind of thing. If discovery this, call, yes, a discovery call. If this episode <laughs> kind of like piqued your interest. Um, but yeah. yes, thank you for having me on the show and being willing to have this conversation. Cause I do think talking about this can sometimes be hard because of how our yeah. culture is, but I think it's such an important conversation. Yeah. Happy to step out. Yes. I'm like, I'll break the ice. Yes. Give me an ax. Yes. We'll do it. Oh, yes. Same. (laughs) This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.